today marks the start of the not-so-super-hits Summer Slowdown Spectacular series, where we cover songs that weren't necessarily hits in North America. In some cases, they weren't hits anywhere. But they're hits to us, and hopefully you'll learn something new, or we'll talk about a lesser-known song that you've always loved. Anyways, let's get started this week. It's 88 Lines About 44 Women by The Nails. Here we go. Super Hits Podcast, and uh, we're going into an interesting series over the course of the summer. A couple of changes that we're going to need to talk about. One is that uh, we're going to go to weekly episodes over the course of the summer because we got shit to do. So, yes. Yeah, so we'll uh, go to uh, one a week over the course of the next 10 weeks or so, and then probably in the fall go back to two, depending on how lazy, lazy we feel at the time. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. I guess I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, and also we're going to go uh, through a series over the course of the summer of non-top 40 hits, but this was not my idea, so uh, I'm Slip with Five Eyes, or Slip. My real name is Alan, just so you know. Uh, see here uh, at Megamix.com, this is my idea. Yeah. So, not, what do I call it? The Not-So-Super-Hits Summer Slowdown Spectacular. And what, what was the idea behind it? I don't know, just uh, songs. Take a look at some singles that did not uh, did not chart in the top forty. Um, I guess mainly in the U.S. Though, if I'm looking at our list coming up here, that U.S. and Canada not in the top forty. We nailed that for sure. Um, we got a few uh, a few uh, top ten hits from the U.K. though, but um, we're going to mainly go to it's stuff in North America that wasn't huge hits, yeah, or didn't chart at all. We have a bunch that didn't chart. This week specifically didn't chart anywhere. Yeah, so we're uh, going to be a little too cool for school. You know, they're still singles, but, you know, it's like, oh, here's a obscure song I know. So, <laughs> but uh, going to be a good time. Uh, hopefully, you know some of the songs and maybe you'll learn about uh, a new song or two. And as always, uh, hit us up, superhitspodcast at gmail.com if you decide that there are any uh, not so well-known hits uh, that you want us to talk about. We'd be happy to do so. But I guess I'm getting us started this week. Because yes. we're going to talk about 88 lines about 44 women by The Nails. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not by Nails. No, I wish it was. <laughs> uh, should we just get right into it? Let's do it. All right. So before I get into all these facts, I'm just going to do a credit right off the bat. A lot of these came from an interviewer that lead vocalist of The Nails, Mark Campbell, did with Song Facts. In November of 2012, the interview and uh, subsequent article were uh, done by Bruce Pollock. So there you go. Right. Excellent. Uh, the Nails were originally a five-piece new wave band from Boulder, Colorado. Uh, this is uh, formed in 1976. They were initially the man they call they call Vader. <laughs> that is correct. And uh, you'll like this one. They were originally called the Ravers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I wonder if they had some glow sticks. I don't know. Amazing. Uh, so the band members were Mark Campbell on lead vocals, Dave Kaufman on keyboards, Al Lease on drums, Artie Freeman on lead guitar, and John Cormani on bass. The band's roadie, Eric Boucher, went on uh, uh, went on to be known as Jello Biafra, lead singer of the Dead Kennedys. So there oh, you nice. go. In 1977, The Ravers... <laughs> 
love it. Uh, recorded their first EP. They moved to New York in June of that year. And shortly after moving to New York, they changed their name to The Nail, uh, the Nails as there was already a local band named Raver. I'm a raver! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 45 of the band's original lineup was recorded in New York City in 1978. And uh, by the mid, uh, by the middle of that year, uh, there were a number of members of the band who left. <laughs> so by, by the late 70s, the Nails were composed of Mark Campbell and Dave Kaufman, along with new bassist George Kaufman, who is Dave's brother, saxophonist Douglas Guthrie, and drummer Tommy Katonga. Nice. Uh, so Hotel for Women is an EP that was recorded in 1981, and it contained the song we're talking about today, 88 Lines About 44 Women. Uh, it found its way to the influential BBC DJ John Peel, who started playing that song and championing the song, and his approval carried a lot of clout, and so there was a rush to then sign the nails to a contract. We see this a lot, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, around this time, uh, these record labels, just a bunch of a bunch of hounds. <laughs> oh yeah, just you know anything that gets a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of shine, and they're all over it. Yeah. So Mark Campbell said, suddenly the record labels started coming at us. So we had this big showcase gig for all these labels in Manhattan. The nails got on stage, and I refused to do eighty-eight lines. I was drunk. I yes. tore my clothes off and fell into the drum kit and blew it. Amazing. Uh, the only ones that stuck around were RCA. It pissed off my band. Uh, at the same time, that was what was expected of me. So I guess he had a penchant <laughs> for fucking up when he was drunk. I don't know. So RCA expressed interest and signed the band. They released Hotel for Women as a full-length album in 1982. Uh, according to Campbell, the first pressing of 100,000 copies sold out, but RCA refused to do a second pressing. Yeah. Two years later, they released another LP called Dangerous Dreams, also on RCA. Uh, They had a couple of tracks that made the Billboard Top uh, 200, uh, but, um, you know, ultimately they left RCA. In 1984, they released a full-length LP called Mood Swing, and in 1988, they recorded another album, which was not released until the 90s and really didn't do anything. Oh. Yeah, and uh, that was kind of it for the band. They released some, or they re-released some albums in the two thousands, but there really wasn't much going on for uh, for no. most of that time. So the actual song "Eighty Eight Lines About Forty Four Women" uh, was recorded for the nineteen eighty one EP "Hotel for Women," and then re-recorded and released in nineteen eighty four on Mood Swing, and uh, along with the track "Let It All Hang Out." 88 Lines About 44 Women women peaked at number 46 on the U.S. dance chart in March of 1985. Nice. The track is under five minutes long, and it gave them enough time to write 88 lines of lyrics, or 44 couplets. In the interview with Son Facts, he said, Curiously, 88 is a pretty cosmic number. There are 88 keys on the keyboard. Rocket 88 was a key song, uh, a rock and roll song. So I wondered, what can I write 88 lines about? That's what? an overwhelming uh, amount of references to eighty-eight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, a pretty overrated pretty hockey. Cosmic. A pretty overrated hockey player is going to wear that number I a know, few no, years no, later. Wait a minute, hang on a second. <laughs> what? That's where I draw the line. All right, fine. Apologies to Hall of Famer Eric Lindros. Yes. Uh, so he said, "What can you write uh, forty-four couplets about?" Well, I mean, 
what is there really other than women? Maybe cars for some guys, but what were the big things in my life at the time? Sex, drugs, rock and roll, so it came down to women. I didn't have to really think twice about it. I'm actually making it sound as if I made a choice. I didn't. It was just obvious. Okay. Uh, so during live performances, there was a dilemma as the Nails had seven talented musicians, but all they needed for the song was some drums and a keyboard track. <laughs> yep. And it didn't sound like any of their other songs. So they made it as a bit of a joke with the band members standing around on stage while Mark Campbell read the lyrics off sheets of paper. Nice. They later decided to just have the band leave the stage with Mark sitting in a stool performing the recorded track. And then uh, the song was actually not available on CD until 1993 oh, okay. uh, when it was included in a compilation called Living in Oblivion. It has since appeared on many compilations and garnered new fans through uh, streaming services, satellite radio and YouTube. And in the 2000s, or I guess in the aughts is what they call them. Yeah, I guess so. They bought their masters back from RCA and they've released a number of remastered versions of some of their uh, tracks, as we mentioned earlier. So how did you get to get hip to it? I heard it on satellite radio a lot <laughs> on yeah. the uh, on first wave, like the new wave channel. They play it pretty regularly, so yeah. that's right. I just right. wanted to interject. We, uh, we're a little bit past it, but we've now crossed 20 hours of podcasting time oh. on this uh, podcast. Well, so. look at that. We should celebrate. Yay, yay for us. Hooray. Hooray for school. Uh, so there are only four versions of the single that I found on Discogs. There is a 12-inch single as well as a 7-inch single released in the U.S. in 1984 off of RCA Records with an X-rated version on side A and an edited version on side B and both versions clock in at just over 4 minutes and 40 seconds. little long. Little bit long, yep. Uh, there's also a seven inch release from RCA in 1984 with a B side track called Dark Brown. The US singles aren't hard to find, but uh, they're listed at around 20 bucks. Uh, I own a 1992 release of the single in the UK by Rough Trade. Uh, the B side is a track called Things You Left Behind. And if you want that one, it'll only cost you about three bucks plus your overseas shipping costs. Okay. So the song has been included on a number of compilations, including Just Can't Get Enough, New Wave Hits of the 80s, as well as Richard Blade's Flashback Favorites, and as mentioned earlier, Living in Oblivion, the 80s Greatest Hits. There is one compilation called New Wave Dance Hits, released off of Scotty Bros Records in the U.S. in 1996, and uh, I noted that the track list for this album is awesome, so go check it out. Scotty Bros. The Nails filed several lawsuits over the use of 88 lines about 44 women, including a successful lawsuit over use of the song to promote the television show Dexter. Ah. The group also... They should have sued Dexter for that finale. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The group also unsuccessfully attempted to sue the state of Massachusetts for using a similar song in an anti-drinking campaign. I mean, come on, just let them have it. Yeah. Pretty much it. Lead singer Mark Campbell stated that the only money the group ever made with the song was from commercials and lawsuits. Nice. <laughs> and uh, speaking of commercials, the song was featured in a Mazda television commercial that aired in the late 1990s. And that is the end of my random facts. So do you have any to add? No, I'm just, I'm trying to find the, uh, which Living in Oblivion this song is on. Uh, because there's like five of them, isn't there? I think it was a 1996 uh, compilation. Maybe I'm just seeing something else. I was just interested. Yeah, I'm, hey. I uh, I found it. Yes, <laughs> just like that. 
Yeah, it's uh, like the track list. It's got Mickey, which we've already covered. Yes. Got some Thompson Twins, some Heaven 17. We got Fun Boy 3 with Bananarama. Yep. Another band who, uh, Bananarama, we covered uh, the last episode. That's right. Right. That was the, last week. Yeah. We got The Nails. We have another song we covered, Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. Some Missing Persons. I mean, the to- the the Spanish version of uh, Tony Basil's yeah. Mickey. Yeah. And I wanted to put a little uh, teaser because when we come back from the uh, from the Summer Slowdown Spectacular, one of my songs I'm going to be doing early on, Tipao with Heart and Soul. So, oh. So everybody. Very excited for that. Yeah. If you're already excited for September, everybody. <laughs> Yes, just you wait. In ten weeks. Yeah. All uh, right. Let's uh, talk about the lyrics. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the song is exactly what the title says. It mm-hmm. is a brief description of forty-four women, each getting two lines of verse. Mm-hmm. Many listeners assumed that there was boasting about sexual conquests. Uh, but that wasn't necessarily the case. He explained, as I was flowing along and writing it, I instinctually felt gaps that needed to be filled in terms of my characterization of women. I wanted to achieve some kind of epic uber woman. You know, one that kind of encapsulated all these women, women as a source of energy and inspiration for me, and that's kind of how it panned out. Mark Campbell and Dave Kaufman uh, wrote uh, the song in a Manhattan loft, and the rhythm track of the song was a pre-programmed track on a Kaufman's Casio keyboard. Uh, if Amazing. You, if you hear the song, like that's clearly what it is. There's not the much West, to the it. Wesley Willis wrote this song. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the lyrical approach to the song was inspired by a 1970 book-length poem by an underground poet named Joe Brainerd. His collection was called I Remember, and every line began with that phrase. For example, I remember the fried shrimps in restaurants, not enough tartar sauce. (laughs) So the lyrics describe 44 women, their habits and their personalities. Campbell wrote the lyrics to the song and has explained that some of the women referenced in the song are real, some are made up. It was inspired by uh, some women who they knew from Boulder, Colorado and New York City. And he said that he wrote the full lyrics in two hours on a manual typewriter and they recorded the song the next day. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, uh, which is your favorite uh, woman in this, uh, in, in this uh, song? I'm going to get to it when I go to the lyrics. Okay, good. Uh, oh, got... Are we all on lyrics? I thought we were on lyrics. No, we are on lyrics. Yeah, we are on lyrics. Yeah. Okay, uh, what, but I mean oh, when I get to the specific lyrics okay, coming up. Okay. Uh, one of the women in the song, the one whose line is, Tanya Turkish liked to fuck while wearing leather biker boots. Yes. Apparently became Mark Campbell's girlfriend about 30 years after he put her in the song. Nice. So in the song facts interview, he said, I got divorced three years ago after 18 years of marriage. Somebody said, Mark, have you checked out this thing called Facebook? Yes. <laughs> so, so I checked out this thing called Facebook and I hooked up with some old friends in Manhattan. And we decided that I was going to drive to Manhattan from Texas and visit my old friends and have dinner with them. And one of the women that attended was Tanya. Well, we hooked up and the rest is history. That's awesome. So, uh, yes, I have the lyrics here, and in red, I've got highlighted my uh, my favorite ones. Yes. The first one is Joan. Joan, <laughs> who thought men were second best to masturbating in a bath. Yes. Uh, the next one is one that is kind of left up for some interpretation. Mm. Gloria, the last taboo, was shattered by her tongue one night. <laughs> so, some guessing of what that is. Yep. Another one, and uh, you'll know why I, I've I've pointed this one out, though the person who I know that has this name doesn't like this one as much. 
Sarah was a modern dancer, lean, pristine, uh, pristine transparency. Ah, uh, yes. And then the uh, last lyric of the song, um, Armoranta, here's a kiss. I chose you to end this list. So there you go. Uh, you, did you look over any of these and did you have any that you like? Yeah, I like I like the uh, the punk rocker who's rich. That's oh, nice. <laughs> a and rich it, punk rocker with something in paper plates. I don't know. But uh, the, my, my computer just froze. I had it in front of me. But uh, that was the one. If I had to choose, uh, it would be uh, it would be Jackie, the rich punk rocker. Ah, okay. Well, look yeah. at you. Well, because she's rich. Well, and you're very punk. So, well, you know me. Uh, so, as usual, though, I mean, we could interpret these lyrics all we want. Yes. But uh, why don't we head over to song meetings? Yes, please. And see what some of our imagine. our pals out there in the world uh, said about this song. Uh, user River Wolf said. <laughs> Which of these women do you want to fuck? Oh my god. Catherine, Vicky, Jackie, and Tanya all sound like my type. I mean, you got two lines, so. Uh, Dutch Hoven, or sorry, Dutch Oven. Dutch Oven, yes. <laughs> said, love this song. However, when I first downloaded, legally, of course. Of course. It said it was They Might Be Giants. Oh, well, still a good song. And I have Amazing. a few comments. Like, number one, that's not a They Might Be Giants song. Secondly, if you downloaded it legally, it would not be the wrong band. Exactly. So. It's like, oh, here's Don't Read Be Happy by Bob Marley. <laughs> uh, and the last one, Malicious AE34 said, all right, who are the nails? Is this some sort of synonym for They Might Be Giants? Or did they cover the song or what? This song is definitely on the CD of They Might Be Giants. Oh, well. Uh, fun fact, everybody. It is not a They Might Be Giants song. It was never well, on a They Might Be Giants CD. I would say that it's closer to Cake than it is to They Might Be Giants. <laughs> I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And I hate Cake. Yeah, exactly. And I, I hate Cake and I hate actual Cake. So that's it works doubly good for me. This band predates both of those bands by so, so many years. I'm still, you hate cake? Like real cake? I don't like cake at all. Though. That's weird. I <laughs> like pie. I've known you forever and I never knew that you hated cake. I don't like cake. What can I say? Damn it. Every That's... birthday that I got you cakes, now I know. You never, you never got me cake. <laughs> I never did. I never got you any. I may have got you in a Slurpee, but anyways. That's 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 awesome. All right, let's talk about the reception. Okay. So as noted earlier, this peaked at number 46 on the Billboard US Hot Dance Club play charts in 1985. Mm -hmm. I was able to find the chart for the week ending March 23rd, 1985, uh, when the single hit number 50 overall. Uh -huh. So would you like to know the top 10? The week that this song hit number 50 on March 23rd, 1985. Do you even have to ask? All right. Absolutely, I do. All right. So we've got, and I think actually, you know, now that I'm looking at this, this might be a dance. I, this might this might be the dance chart. Sorry. That's that's what I got here. This is the dance okay. chart. All right. Okay. So number one is Bad Habits by Jenny Burton. Okay. Number two is, uh, this is actually an A and B side. We've got New Attitude by Patti LaBelle. And then the B side is Axel F by Harold Faltermeyer. <laughs> Yes. Uh, number three is, is that like some split single with the. What? That's what it looks it like. Be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number okay. three is a remix of Material Girl by Madonna. Mm -hmm. Number four, Out of the World by Ashford and Simpson. Number five is Turn Your Back on Me by Kaja. Number six is a remix of The Bird by The Time, and I noted here, produced by the Star Company, which is Prince. Yes. 
Number seven, Easy Lover by Phil Bailey and Phil Collins, which is amazing that that's on a dance chart. Well, I, you could dance to that track, absolutely. I mean, it's more of a Phil Bailey song, right? Yeah. In My House by Mary Jane Girls at number eight, Step by Step by Jeff Lorber at number nine, and I think we got, oh, no, no, no. Uh, this is a track by Sylvester, but again, I think it's a split, or it's uh, two tracks. Yeah. Uh, the A side is Take Me to Heaven, and the B side is Sex. Yes! <laughs> Uh, the song is the song has received positive critical reaction. Heather Ferris, writing for All Music, praised the song's deadpan delivery and called the song a portrait of the counterculture of the late seventies and early eighties. The song was included on a list. And again, ten thousand and one songs you must download before you die. You've got to be kidding me! Nope. Ten thousand and one songs to download before you die. Yep. Amazing. Uh, and also in the book, A Thousand and One Songs You Must Hear Before You Die, which seems... That's a little better. Yeah, that's a little bit better. Like, not an exclusive... That exclus- seems to be the limit, though. That seems to be ex- almost excessive. Well, we had that one from a few weeks ago that was like 7,500 essential tracks. It's like, no. Come on. Uh, all right. Uh, covers and samples. The song samples the VL1 Rock 1 track by Casio. Love it. The song has been parodied, as you might guess, many times online. A uh, couple of examples. In 1997, parody musician The Great Lukeski recorded a parody called 88 Lines About 44 Simpsons. Jesus Christ. Uh, so about a different Simpsons character. <laughs> Come on. In 1999, David Nielsen of The Brunching Shuttlecocks recorded a parody called 88 Lines About 42 Presidents about the presidents of the United States all the way through Bill Clinton. I actually saw that one on YouTube, and it's not that bad. Oh, it's not, eh? Okay. In 2021, Dave Seeger and Alex Kavetsky parodied the song in episode 11 of their Channel 101 show, Trading Up, where instead of women, the 88 lines were about trades. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Then a note after that, this was poorly received and the series was promptly canceled. (laughs) Yes. And uh, those are my covers and samples. I don't know if you found any others. No. No Weird Al. No nothing. No nothing. All right, music video time. The Nails never produced a music video no. for 88 <laughs> Lines About 44 Women. I love how you played the little song. Uh-huh. Um, Just for the hell of it. Well, so there was actually a comment from Mark Campbell in the Sog Facts interview. He said, we never did a video, which is weird. RCA gave us $35,000 to do a video for Let It All Hang Out, our cover of the Ombre song. They were scared of 88 lines, which is ridiculous. And so then he goes through his scenario. So he says... Uh, basically, it's me in a lounge, like a Ramada Inn in Atlantic City. I'm now in my 50s or 60s. I'm overweight, and I'm singing our one hit, which I've been milking for 30-some-odd years, which is, I think, kind of true. Yep. I'm looking like Fat Elvis, and the camera pans across the audience, and it's all these old women. They're the women in the song. They're all swooning. Can you imagine how much fun that would have been? I think people really would have adored that on MTV. And if they'd done it in the early 80s, they probably would have. Yes. He also comments because a lot of people have made their own versions of these music, like a music oh, video yeah. for the song on YouTube. And they're terrible. Yeah, there's there's plenty of them. Um, and also, he notes that uh, he's seen all the, of the parodies. One he noted was a guy that wrote a song called 88 Lines About 44 Fish. Which, come on, man. Come on, come on. Come on ref. That's terrible. Yeah, 88 Lines About 44 Anime Characters. I don't know. Anyways, that's about it for the music video. Let's uh, let's go to the ratings. 
So I gave the music video a no score because there was none. Uh, I concur. Okay. Yeah. No so I'm going so to pass it to you. Uh, what would you give the song? I'm going to give it a four to 10. I, I mean, it's okay. Um, I don't actively hate it. Um, the singer's voice makes me really mad. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and you know what? I kind of got, I'd never heard this before. Like this is my first time. I don't know. I just never heard this song before. And it kind of sounded at first to me like a Gus and the Snowman song. <laughs> yes. I'm absolutely honest with you. I don't actively hate it. I don't love it. I'm in a, I It's very skippable for me. I'm going to give it a four out of 10. Uh, I'm giving the song an eight. Yes. Uh, I like the concept of the song. Like, you know, it's a, it's a good idea. I mean, you know, he chose women, which if he'd done that today might've been a little risque. I don't think it's even that bad, honestly. No, I mean, there's no I one that he's... I think it holds up fairly well. Yeah, he's not like, you know, Jamie was a fucking bitch. Like, you know? Yeah, like, no, exactly. Yeah, I, you know, but uh, I don't know if you would, you know, maybe you would attempt it these days. Who knows? But, uh, but yeah, I, I think that it's, I think that it's a good idea. I think it's creative. Um, I like the lyrics and I like the fact that they just use a Casio keyboard. That's uh, great. You know for- what? I'm thinking about it now in, uh, in, uh, what, like one, two, th- in three weeks from now, we should do 88 lines about 44 podcasts. Hey! Podcast episodes. Thumbs down. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and I'll, I'll... <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll talk about each episode. Yeah, why not? Yeah. No. All right. Okay. <laughs> We're not doing that, everybody. If if, no. if you'd like to write a song for us, go ahead. Send it to us at superhitspodcast at gmail.com. And, I, I'm uh, not going to do it. All right, fine. So anyways, that's uh, the end of this song. So uh, what do you got cooking up for next week? Uh, I got a real deep cut <laughs> uh-huh. from the early 90s. A uh, little bit of Chub Rock with The Chubster. <laughs> yes. So uh, look forward to that, folks. All right. So the Chubster coming up in a week. Go check that song out on Spotify if you're not familiar with it. And there's some other good Chub Rock songs. Uh, We also have our own playlist on Spotify, Super Hits Podcast Playlist, with all of the songs we've covered and songs that we've got uh, coming up. So go over there, check it out. Give us a little like. Uh, I haven't begged begged anyone for a five-star review in a long time. So please. Yeah, do it. Just do it. And if you want to hit us up at SuperHitsCast on Twitter, at SuperHitsPodcast on Instagram, I am Slip with Five Eyes on all the social medias. At Megamix.com. Thanks for listening, folks. Bye. Bye.